A good evening. Welcome into the Boulevard Brewing Company post game drink after a 31 28 Missouri win over South Carolina. I'm going to give you guys the dirty little secret about what all of us in this business do. We try to get things done early. We always start writing, we always start putting shows together, we always start doing things sometime in the second half. Sometimes that's with you know, five minutes left. Sometimes it's with a quarter and a half left, but we all start early. And then things like today happen and the show you had and the story you had and whatever it is your job is to do pretty much gets thrown out the window in the last six minutes of a game that was supposed to be over. Um, this was a win that shouldn't be overlooked. That is still the takeaway for the Missouri Tigers. Um, but it sure didn't go down the way we all thought it was going to go down. We are going to talk about all of that. We're going to look at the numbers. We're going to take your calls. And I have a feeling I know what most of them will be about here on the Post Game Drink which is brought to you every single week by Boulevard Brewing Company and um, obviously located in Kansas City just off 435. You can actually go to the brewery and, and take a tour and do all that. We certainly encourage you to do that. We've had some events there, but their products are also available in every grocery store and liquor store and gas station and every place that is worth anything that you can find anywhere near Kansas City and the state of Missouri. They have tons of different beers, and they're putting out new ones all the time. They have the fling cocktails. They have the cork seltzers. And we encourage you guys to try any of those. Whatever your particular mood is, it is 630. I hope you all have a couple boulevards lined up to give me a call and talk about this game. So let me read you the tweet I sent out. With approximately, I'm going to guess, eight minutes left in this game. Something like that. I tweeted, it was 47 minutes ago, so it was at 5.25 p.m. Bigger, at least partial Mizzou redemption today. Steve Wilkes or Connor Bazelak? I'd vote Wilkes, and I don't think it was particularly close. That was sent with, like I said, Somewhere around eight minutes to go, Missouri was ahead 31 to 14. Literally three second or three minutes later, Mookie Cooper fumbled. South Carolina recovered. Then 12 minutes after that, Missouri refused to cover Zaquandre White on a screen pass. He scored from 38 yards out. Still 31-21, 6.56 left. Not a big deal. Eight minutes later, Connor Bazelak threw. I, I don't know, guys. I like. I, I was his arm hit. I, I don't know. We can talk about whether his arm was hit. We can talk about why Missouri was passing to begin with. We can talk about whether it just slipped. I truly don't know what happened. But he threw an interception, and then this is 21 minutes after I have tweeted about Wilkes and, and Basilak being redeemed. Two minutes after that. He, uh, Zaquandre White, scores again. It is 31-28. Missouri recovers an onside kick. Connor Bazelak is pulled from the game for Brady Cook. And now everything looks a whole lot different about the future. 
and we are going to talk about it all, guys. Let's take a look at the numbers before uh, before we open up the phone lines. I, I mean, it was the defense's best day of the season, especially when you consider that 14 of those points came directly off brutal Missouri turnovers. 250 total yards, less than four yards of play, 57 yards rushing. This was the 129th ranked rushing defense in America. And South Carolina is like, they're not great, but, you know, they ran for 200 or 250 against Florida last week, and they're averaging 135 a game, so they're okay. They ran 35 times for 57 yards. Now, 50 of those were on the quarterback, negative 50. So 34 for 107, even if it's that. It's three yards of carry, and it's, a, it's Missouri's best run defense day of the year. You take away the sack yardage, and it's 35 carries for 57 yards and 1.6 per carry, and it's absolutely fantastic. So the Steve Wilkes redemption part is not wrong. Oh, by the way, the defense scored a touchdown and forced three turnovers and probably should have gotten another one or two except for some really strange officiating to be quite honest with you guys. Um, so the defense, good day. Tyler Beatty, phenomenal day. As I tweeted, there may be better players in America. There are no more important players in America than Tyler Beatty. 34 carries for 209, 6.1 per carry. Five catches for 22. That is 231 yards on 39 carry, or 39 touches. Missouri ran 69 plays, and Tyler Beatty had the ball for 39 of them. I, I mean, he is this team. Without Tyler Beatty, Missouri is, I don't know, 1-9, I think. I, I think that's about where I'd go. Um, it, it is simply, you cannot overstate how much Tyler Beatty has meant to this team. And I think they're going to need him to make a bowl game because I think we got a quarterback change coming and we will talk all about that we are going to open up the phone lines here the number is 573-234-4935 you give me a call I ask you two things first of all whatever device you are listening on please put it on mute when you call me second you're going to have to hang on the line. You're going to have to, uh, you know, let me get to you by calling out your area code. And it sometimes will take a minute. We have a lot of guys on hold sometimes. We're going to start in the 314 area code. Who am I talking to? Dave, it's Nitro. What's up, Nitro? How you doing, man? What's going on? I'm well, I don't have any questions. I just wanted to share my thoughts and rant. Okay. The defense has gotten, like, a lot better and it's it's fun to see like i appreciate that and they're they're not great and they might not even be good but they're no longer abysmal and i don't know i mean i'm curious your thoughts on wilkes you know when i'm done ranting but like <laughs> he's no longer coaching for his job unless something continues to go correctly it's like he'll be the dc next year at this point and that's not something that i would have thought in early october uh would be the case and, and look, like you, you said it. You're going to get a lot of calls about the quarterback situation. And I don't think anybody knows, like, what the right decision is. And I think Drinkwitz is included. I mean, Bayslack didn't play great, but 
you know, he made that throw in the first half to Mookie Cooper, and we've not seen Brady Cook or Tyler Macon do that in a game. And Bazelak has. Now, he's also played like a bozo and, and hurt the team recently, and it, it's tough. You're going to get people to call in and say, it's got to be Cook or it's got to be Macon. And you might have someone call in and say, it's got to be Bazelak. I kind of doubt the personal call, but I don't think any of them really know. Hey, Dave, this is Zach out in Denver. How you feeling? I'm pretty fired up after that win. I really got to say that uh, I know the previous call just talked about Steve and how well that performance was. I wanted to give them a shout-out, more importantly, to Steve. Really, since uh, even game one, it seems like the turnovers have been the difference for this team and really uh, given the offense some more time to uh, hold the ball as well as they can. Uh, just impressed with the defensive performance here. I think we got a good shot again to a bowl. I'll hang up and listen here. Thank you. I just realized I had myself on mute for that call, so let's go to the 815 area code. I'm back. What's up, Dave? It's Ron. Hey, Ron. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, man. I, uh, I need, need a couple of Boulevard uh, beats after, after that one. I was, I was going nuts in that last uh, little sequence, um, especially after uh, – what I was I was just kicking back and enjoying the, the beat down. I'm like, all right, are they going to burn it up to another score and – um, you know, we're gonna be, it's going to be uh, all uh, candy and, and rainbows in, in Como, but uh, Bazelak, man, I, uh, I was on the roller coaster with him. I, uh, after that first interception in the first quarter, I was ready to bench him. Uh, and then, of course, he you know, plays pretty well, a couple good balls, and, uh, and then that. So I think I, I ultimately got the result I was looking for that he's like benched, but um, you know, like that performance is. It did, but at the same time, I don't know what happened with him. He just yeah. couldn't close out the game, or I, I, I don't know how he's back to now. I, no, I agree, I, and that's what I'm going to write when this show is over. You make that move with four and a half minutes left, you're telling your quarterback you've lost confidence in him. I don't know how you go back to him. Now, maybe Eli Drinkwitz will. Maybe he will be able to say something to, to Basilak to – to go back to him, but look, that move with four and a half minutes left, that's not about health. He was healthy enough to play the whole game. That isn't his hamstring. You're pulling him because you don't think he can win the game, and you think a guy who has 
played all of 34 snaps this year, can win the game. And look, he was right. Brady Cook did. And I don't know if Basilak does. But I don't know how you go back after making that move. Exactly. And, you know, frankly, I think everyone else, um, again, I'm sure you you could poke holes in some some people's performance today, but I got to give, I got to throw roses at a a lot of people. And and you did just as you were wrapping up that last call with the D line and the the linebackers. Uh, The secondary was opportunistic and probably should have had a couple more interceptions to to their credit. Um, The offensive line that was kind of held together by Duck Cape really performed well. And, and you can't say enough about Tyler Beatty. That guy yeah. is it's unbelievable. I, I can you like put in perspective like where he ranks in maybe the, the pantheon of, of modern Mizzou running backs? Yeah, it's it's gonna take a minute, but the year he's having is as good as any year I maybe since Devin West in nineteen ninety eight, honestly. That was my senior year at Mizzou and, or the year after it and, and Devin was a freak show, fifteen hundred and thirty two yards, school record. Beatty's gonna have a shot at that record. He's got two more games and I think he's at over thirteen hundred yards or right about thirteen hundred yards. So he's gonna have a shot. Um he he is having a hell of a year. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to read all the coverage on PM. Thanks, uh, as always, Gabe. All right, Ron. Appreciate it, man. And uh, and just want to give you guys a heads up. We have a ton of calls, so I, I'm going through them. But if you're on hold, you might have to hang out for a little while. Let's go to the 636 area code. Who's there? 636, you still with me? Okay, nobody from the 636. 602 area code, you still there? Everybody's quitting on me. We're uh, moving through them. Five seven three. You still you still here with us? Yeah, I'm here, Gabe. It's Big Mike from Moberly. What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? I'm great, man. I'm great. I gotta tell you, um, is is it fair to say that Mizzou wins that game going away despite their quarterback play today? I. I mean, he was part of getting them the lead, right? He had a bad pick to start but then he throws a 60 yard touchdown he managed the game and I actually thought with seven minutes left I thought hey he's gonna start the last two games and here we are and then just I I mean an interception that you you can't even explain it was like I don't know he just dropped the ball or something it was and so now everything's different so yes ultimately they won the game in spite of the quarterback um, it was closer than it needed to be. I, I agree, but without that fumble, is it fair to say Mookie Cooper's fumble is yeah. the point where that game changed more than it is the quarterback? That's actually a good point. That That's a good point. Without Because Missouri's inside the 30-yard line. If Cooper just – if he just doesn't fumble, Mevis makes a field goal to make it 34-14, right? That's all he has to do is hang on to the ball. It's 34-14. South Carolina maybe gets the ball back and drives 75 yards. I don't know, but – you're right. Um, so yeah, I I don't want to lay it all on Basilak. Uh, some of it some of it has to go on Mookie Cooper's fumble. That's a great point. Yeah, I do want to say that I'm in a car full of people and we're driving a Big Twelve and we're gonna go eat a thicker kicker Mevis burger. Woo! <laughs> and we're pretty jacked about it. All right, guys, we'll enjoy it, man. Have fun. Thanks, Dan. All right, Mike. Appreciate the call, man. Okay, let's uh, let's go next to the nine one eight area code. Who's with me down there? Nine one eight. You still here? 
No dice. Okay, we got the 301 area code. 301, you with me? Hey, Dave, how's it going? Not bad. Who am I talking to? I'm Jacob in Washington, D.C. I appreciate you taking the call. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder, everyone loves to ask me about Tyler Beatty. I will do the same. Have you seen or, or can you describe at all the way Tyler Beatty changed his body uh, one season to the next? I think everyone knew he was explosive uh, last year. I don't know if we knew he was this explosive and this durable. Have you seen literally a change in the way he has repaired himself game after game and the way he has potentially bulked up uh, for the season? Yeah, he talked about it before the season. I want to say he added 15 to 20 pounds. I, I can't remember if that's exactly the right number, but but it was in that range. He did say he added weight because he knew he was going to be the guy and he was going to have to take on more of the responsibility and all that. So um, he deserves credit for that. And, you know, I, how big of a difference do those 15 pounds make? I mean, could he have taken this pounding last year? I, I don't know. There's no way, obviously, for us to know. But the kid just, I, I mean, he should have an NIL deal with like Energizer or Monster Energy or something because he never really seems to get tired. And, and in the fourth quarter, nobody brings him down. I mean, the first guy never tackles Tyler Beatty. Um, it's really impressive. And the, I think you had a caller ask about this as well, but I'd love to get your thoughts on that reconstituted offensive line today, uh, yep. especially when they went between man and zone blocking schemes. It seemed like different guys stood out. I, I think about the left tackle, I think Wood, mm -hmm. and then the guy who replaced Bobby Lawrence, uh, whose name I'm, I'm forgetting I'd love to get your take on that reconstituted line. Yeah, the left tackle would be Javon Foster, and I know Deuce McAllister shouted out Connor Wood as the pulling guard on quite a few of those. I mean, obviously, Mike Maietti kind of has to anchor the whole thing. Xavier Delgado did a nice job. I think EJ and Doma Ogar spent some time in that game as well. And, look, I've been pretty hard on that unit, and I've said the biggest thing separating Missouri from a good SEC team, in my opinion, is the offensive line. They controlled that game today, and I'm sure that's mostly what Drinkwitz will talk about after the game is they shoved South Carolina around. And, look, you don't have Tyler Beatty, who is, I'm going to guess, probably second or third in the country in rushing. Like, he makes a lot of guys miss, but he can't do that all on his own. And that line does deserve a lot of credit. And then finally, when we saw Brady Cook come in, I think, you know, the situation in the Vanderbilt game – uh, Eli Drinkwitz said we went to Tyler Macon because you know situational, i.e., because we're going to run the football. Mm -hmm. In a situation like that where it's very clear you're going to run the football again, uh, Cook coming in does that stand out to you over Macon? It does in two regards. Number one, I think it's because Brady Cook showed he could run the ball at Georgia, and I think you have the threat that you might throw. You don't have that if you bring Macon in, I think. So I think it's that. I think he trusts Brady Cook. And look, Brady Cook made some great decisions on that last drive, sliding on the on the side of the field to stay in, in bounds. That that saved Missouri, or it, it at least cost South Carolina a timeout. It might, might have cost him another 30 or 40 seconds. Um, he knows when to hand the ball off and when to pull it. Uh, he did not look like a kid playing his you know third or fourth college football game to me, and and I think he earned a lot of trust from Drinkwitz today. 
Gabe, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right, Jacob. Appreciate it, man. So, okay, we've got a bunch of callers lined up from the 314 here. So I'm just going to call out the last uh, four digits of your number. I'm going to run through it. Let's go uh, 7184. You on the line with me? Okay, drop that one. Uh, if the last four is 4833, you there with me? Nobody there. 6426, we got you? Yeah. Hey, Gabe, I'm going to make just a couple points before the quarterback stuff. But, uh, you know, number one, I think you have to acknowledge tremendous improvement of the defense. You look at mm -hmm. the Tennessee game, you look at the Georgia game, they're over in the first half of the first quarter. Good defensive play here. Second, uh, how much more can you say about Beatty? I mean, when you talk about most valuable player, that's who I'm pointing at. And then I'm going to ask you uh, the last thing, and I'll shut up and just hang up and listen. But do you feel like Cook coming in the game, was that uh, almost a punishment, as bad play, and just sick of the turnovers? Or was it just him looking at how poorly executed that last throw was? Thank you very much. Love the website. Love the show. All right. Appreciate the call. And I think I think pulling Basilak was a combination of those things. I mean, literally the only thing you can't do as the quarterback in that situation is what Connor Basilak did. Like, I mean, throwing the ball off his center's leg would have been better. Running straight out of bounds would have been better. Running backwards out the back of the end zone for a safety would have been better. He literally did the one thing you can't do. And I think Drinkwitz finally just said, we can't have it, man. I don't trust the guy. I, I think that's what happened. He lost his head coach's trust. And when that happens, I, I don't know how you get it back. It's really, really tough. And that's why I'm saying I, I don't know if I don't know if Basilakin comes back. We we may have seen him start his last game today. Uh let's stay in the three one four area code, six oh three seven. You with me? Okay, we do not have that, so we've got the six three six area code. You there? Yeah, this is Steven. What's up, Steven? How you doing, man? Good. I just had uh, two points. I was, you know, watching that game and listening to you. I love your show. Uh, I tried to get back on the Bazelak bandwagon this game. That first pick was awful. Um, and then, you know, he had the few touchdowns, and I, I was like, okay, this is our guy for the next two weeks. We can do it with Beatty running how he runs. That last pick, you know, ended it. Um, what I'm getting to is the throws he made tonight – I don't know that Cook cannot make those. You know, it was a five-yard here to Chisholm, this to, to Beatty. Mookie Cooper beat those guys by 10, 15 yards. Um, and then Cook also gives you uh, the option to run. Um, my second thought, and I, I, I would like to know your opinion on this, the D-line looks like they're winning at the line of scrimmage now. I don't know if they're doing something different. I see they're loading the box. But the D-line has changed something to where they're, they're winning the battle up front. And that's why, you know, it's opening. So I'd like to hear what, what you have to say on that. I totally agree with you there. Um, the defensive line, look, we want to look for all these reasons, right? We spent seven weeks, Steve Wilkes isn't doing this right, and they don't understand where to be. And they're, You know what? The last two games, you know what guys have done? They beat the guy in front of them. And sometimes football's not really that complicated. Beat the guy in front of you and the defense looks better. Trajan Jeffcoat has showed up. 
Darius Robinson has shown up. Isaiah McGuire has shown up. These guys have started to make plays that weren't making plays. Now, it's not just that, right? I mean, Chad Bailey has made a difference at linebacker. Blaze Aldridge is a different player than he was six weeks ago. Devin Nicholson is playing less. I think that matters. So all of that matters, but more than anything, the defensive line is beating their guy more than they used to. Um, you know, and, and and I agree with all that. Um, and I actually agree with you on Brady Cook. He might be the best quarterback on this roster right now. I I mean, I'd certainly start him next week against Florida because – now, I don't want to take away – Bazelak deserves credit for that 60-yard throw to Mookie Cooper because he got drilled. There was a guy right – now. was he wide open? Yes. But Bazelak stood in there and held on to the ball till he couldn't hold on to it any lo- anymore, and then he got it to him. So he deserves credit for that. But go. Brady Cook has made every play Drinkwitz has asked him to make. And – Given what Basilak did with five minutes left in that game, I I think he may get the job next week. Thanks, Dave. Love the show, Stephen. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Let's go uh, to the three one four area code. You with me? Yeah, this is Tyler. I'm here. What's up, Tom? Um, just uh, one comment on the quarterback situation, and uh, and then another question, then time for you. You know, on the quarterback situation, I, you know, it's tough to maybe disagree that, you know, maybe right now Brady Cook is the best option. But I guess just from my perspective, to me, that just means we have no quarterback on the roster then, or at least anyone good. I mean, and this isn't a total shot of Cook because he was brought in knowing, like, he's going to be a backup guy, right? He's brought in basically in an off cycle of the quarterback recruiting. And, hey, we need, like, someone serviceable to be a backup. So I guess my just fear is if Cook is the guy right now, then that means we have no one, and we have to hope Horn can come in next year and start, or you got to go in and try and get a grad transfer. Otherwise, you're looking at another like five and seven, six and six like season. And two, you don't have Beatty next year, which gets to then my question of where is any other playmaker on offense? I mean, Beatty yeah. deserves all the praise and everything. And yes, Cooper broke one today, but there is no other. I mean, the starting three receivers are Chisholm, Bannister. And Dub, I think they combined for like three catches for like 30 yards today. I, I mean, there's just no one, no one out there. Which I don't know. Just that with Cook, if he's our quarterback, and then no one else, it just kind of worries me a yep. lot right now. So that's my question. Um, on the on the offensive playmakers, look, I agree. Mookie Cooper had one big play. Dominic Lovett shows flashes, but certainly not reliable by any means at this point in time. Boo Smith averages like 38 yards a catch and somehow has only played like 32 snaps this season. I don't understand what he has to do to get on the field. Um, I, I totally agree on the offensive playmaker thing. On Cook, I'm going to fight you a little bit there. I mean... You don't bring anybody in with the idea that, well, you're never going to start, but we're just going to give you a scholarship, right? Somebody thought he was good enough to take a shot on. Now, they may not have thought it was likely that he wins the starting job, but you don't bring him in if you don't think there's any chance. And what have we seen out of Brady Cook to tell us he can't start in this league? I mean, every time he's been called on, he has answered the bell. He's done what they've asked him to do. He's earned another. He's earned a, a, a longer look. He's earned a chance. And Tyler Macon, look, he hadn't played hadn't played football in two years. We can't write him off yet. I, I think though you're you're using the inverse a little bit there of like, okay, yes, because he came in and hand the ball off a couple of times and then like fumble and he hasn't 
maybe like throwing a pick in the few snaps. Doesn't mean he deserves the start, right? Yeah, like he hasn't like well, screwed up, but like he hasn't really been asked to do much either. It, it's that's much. fair, but by virtue of not having screwed up, he's the best option they have right now. And so you see if he can do more. Now maybe he can't do more. Maybe 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 you find out, hey, when we ask him to do more, he does screw up. And if that's the case, then I I don't know what you do. You might be you're right. You might be turning it over to Sam Horn next year. I guess he's earned the right to see if he can do more. Is it is that a fair way to put it? Fair fair enough. I just you know, I still think that just worries me if that to me that thinks is like we just don't have anyone. And maybe make it takes a step up next year. I mean, yeah. you know, he hasn't played in a while, so he could have a good offseason. Anyway, I, I think it's all, it's fair. I don't think anyone knows 100% sure. We're all guessing a little bit, right, because yep. we haven't seen enough of any people. But. Yep. Well, Tyler, so appreciate the you, call, Mike. man. And, and I definitely don't disagree with you. What what Tyler is saying certainly is is a possibility. Let's go to the 573 area code. Who's with me from there? Hey, Gabe. Justin Ferguson down here in Mississippi. How you doing, man? Not bad, Justin. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing too much. You know, I've called in earlier in the year to, to bag on Steve Wilkes and this defense, and I have to call in to, to tip my cap to him. I mean, you know, last week I was – you know, you saw there were some things that you said, okay, they're doing these things better, but you wanted to see this week, are they fixed? And so far, it looks like, yes. I mean, the run defense, I mean, they played a hell of a game. Uh, it's not just the defensive line. It's also the linebackers, the safeties uh, are coming up a little bit quicker, it seems like. Yep. Um, it, you know, I don't know what they figured out, but they figured it out, and that's what Steve Wilkes gets paid money to do, and, and I'm just glad to kind of see they did that. On Basilac, I mean, that first interception, I don't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah, that was bad. The second one, it just – it just looked like the ball kind of slipped out of his hand. And it, I mean, you don't, obviously, it's not something you want to have happen. But um, with Cook coming in, I actually thought that maybe Drink brought him in to give just that, that element of a run out of the quarterback. So it would take a little bit off of Baby to kind of maybe open up the defense a little bit so Missouri could kind of just run the clock out. Because, I mean, look, Cook came in and granted, all he did was hand the ball off. But that difference to the fact that Cook can run when Bazelak's clearly hurt and he can't run, I think that's – I mean, yeah. that's what I think that Drink was doing. I don't think he was doing it necessarily to punish Bazelak or anything like that. I think it was more just the fact that Cook, honestly, in that situation, it gave Missouri the best chance to ice the game away. And, and look, you, I, I'm looking at Twitter while you say this, and that is what Drink would say. Mitchell Forty tweeted on the decision to put Brady Cook in at the end. Eli Drinkwood says he felt like he was going to need the quarterback to run on that drive. Fair enough. So let me ask you then. Yeah. In the first 56 minutes of the game, you never think there's a time you need the quarterback to run? You're just putting a guy back there that can't run? In that case, you're not playing your best guy, right? Well, I mean, that's what I've been saying about the thing about I've said about Macon. I mean, the, the, and I'm not saying to put Macon in or overcook or anything like that, but I'm saying the quarter. What I've been talking about is the quarterback run. It just opens things up for Beatty. It makes Tyler Beatty a better running back because the defense has to respect Brady Cook as a runner. With Bazelak, they don't have to respect the run at all. And so, and we're not seeing Bazelak really push the ball downfield all that much to where it makes a difference whether it's Bazelak, Cook, 
or who the hell else you put back there. You could put Dawson Downing back there as running back. <laughs> and honestly, he can throw the ball 10 yards. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, just, I, I get what you're saying, but to me – what Drinkwood said, I'm not arguing with you so much as I'm arguing with what Drinkwood said. We needed a quarterback to run the ball on that drive. But I guess you just didn't need one in the first 55 minutes of the game until Basilak threw such a god-awful interception that you just... I, 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 in other words, I, I don't think it's the truth. I don't believe it. Now, I understand why he says it. And if he, he says it so that he can come back and start Connor Basilak next week if he wants to. I just don't believe it. I mean, that's right. that's really what it comes down to. Right. And then, I mean, good God. When does the SEC or the NCAA take a look at their officiating crews? Yeah. I mean, good it was Lord. Bad. I mean, look, I, I've seen some bad games and stuff, but I thought that crew just had a awfully one-sided game. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and it's not just because against Missouri or anything like that, but them holding penalties that took away them two interceptions, I mean, that's some of the most ticky-tack holding calls I think I've seen. And, and here's the thing. I could understand it if the ball would have been more on the receiver. Right. But they were both underthrown balls that they wouldn't have even damn mattered. Yeah. The, 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 if, if, you're calling, if you're calling holding on that play, I mean, the defender helped the receiver out, in all honesty. Yeah. And now, I mean, it's just, they were just terrible. Yeah, we do need to say that second one ended up not mattering because the very next play was the sack fumble that Missouri recovered for a touchdown. So the second one didn't kill Missouri. The first one I thought was really bad. There was also a play in there where literally it looked like a, a, an offensive tackle. I don't know if it was McGuire or Jeffcoat. Like literally just had a fistful of jersey that I could have called from home and they didn't call it. Um, I, there were probably some missed calls against South Carolina too. I'm not going to say they were all against Missouri. Um Officials are bad. Like, they're always bad. We can find 30 calls a game probably. They screw up. Um, we notice the ones that, that are against the team we follow. We tend to not notice the other ones. But, yes, there were three, I thought, really bad calls or no calls that, that hurt Missouri in this Yeah, game. I mean, I, you could almost call it a holding call almost every single time that right. we got even pressure on the South Carolina quarterback because, I mean, it seemed like that the second that dude tried to run in another direction, you could see clearly, you know, from home. And maybe yeah. that's what the officials were trying to to prevent it being, from, you know, a flag fest. But, I mean, my goodness, it was just bad. But uh, I appreciate it, Gabe. Uh, I'm actually bringing my boys up next weekend for the Florida game. We're awesome. driving from Mississippi. It's going to be their first game at Faroe. It's actually going to be our first games at Faroe, you know, being in the military – I've never actually been to Faroe. I've only been to all the the away games. So that's awesome. Uh, looking forward to that, uh, and, and I, uh, appreciate the time, Gabe, and uh, have a good one, man. Justin. I tell you what, hit me up with an email at powermazoo at gmail dot com this week. We'll, we'll get you hooked up with a gift certificate or something to take your boys to lunch. All right, thanks, Gabe. Appreciate all right, buddy. Have a good one. All right, let's uh, let's move on now to the four one seven area code. Who's there? 417, do you stick around with me? It sounds like no dice. Do we still have the 636 area code on here? Nobody from 636. 908, did you hang out with me? What's up, Gabe? What's up, Schiffer? How you doing, man? 
I'm good. I feel like Slim Pickens after going on after uh, you struck out on like two or three people ahead of me. That's all right. I'm, I'm sure you've got great things to say, man. Uh, I watched half the game. I'm in OKC with the Nets doing laundry, but a couple <laughs> friends complained that I haven't called into your show lately. I really don't think the ratings have been affected, I would guess. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't get Nielsen numbers on the show. That's true. True. Um... I watched half the game. My uh, my question is, obviously this season is a disappointment based on how expectations were going in, but you're 5-5 five and five and you have two shots against uh, Dark Mullen and Arkansas. I know Arkansas, I think, plays later today, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. We don't know what they'll look like today, but uh, is it a disappointment given the rest of the schedule and where they are now if they don't make a bowl game? That is my question. Um, I mean, considering that three weeks ago people were talking three and nine, I don't know if you can necessarily call it a disappointment. But, yeah, I feel like it would be a little hollow if you lose to Florida, who I'm not yet convinced that Dan Mullen is going to be coaching that game. If you lose to Florida and Arkansas to end it, I feel like it'll be a little bit of a bummer. Arkansas is up 3 nothing in Baton Rouge right now. Um. And and look, still at the beginning of the season, I think if you had asked everybody, okay, will you take six and six? I think most people would have said, I'll take it, but I don't like it. And I think that's the most likely outcome here is that you win one of these two, but not both of them. It's okay. It's not great, but it's what's in front of them now, and they need to go salvage it. Cool. Well, Schiff, enjoy, uh, enjoy Oklahoma City, man. Yeah, you've been. I, I know you've been at Tulsa a few times. Have you come? So I haven't been here in like fifteen years. I don't know what the what the move is here. Yeah, I don't know anything about Oklahoma City. I've I've driven through it, and that's about it. So, I'm sure it's I'm sure right, it's lively and fun here. though. I gotta, I, yeah, I gotta find some bluebell ice cream. I know that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a good one, man. All right, let's uh, you let's too. go. See ya. Hey, let's go to the eight three two area code. Who's there? Hey, this is Tony Gabe. What's uh, up, Tony? How about that offensive? How about the offensive line tonight? My goodness, that was uh, that's that shades of uh, Gary Pinkle and playing Ole Miss that one time where we just shoved it down their throats. I, I was impressed. Impressed with both lines, but but especially the offensive line tonight. Yeah, no question. I mean, those guys played really well. Uh, like we mentioned, talked about it with the with a. Uh, caller earlier that you know Deuce McAllister specifically was pointing out Connor Wood quite a few times. I've got to think that Daniel Parker had a lot to do with it, and and Nico Hay at tight end. I mean, those guys uh, they earned their money tonight, no question. Well, I mean, you know they don't have a lot of money, but uh, <laughs> but Drinkwitz Drinkwitz shouted them out after the game. Let me ask you, I I, I you really do believe that. Uh, Cook was in because of that second interception as opposed to what Rinkwitz was saying. That was my gut feel about it because you don't put a quarterback in, fresh quarterback in with a game on the line, right. generally with five Be- minutes left, the game, left to go in the game, especially as important as that game was. Yeah, because, okay, yeah. so so Drinkwitz makes the switch in a 31-21 game with – it was about 5.56 left, I think, when he threw that second pick, right? So if you needed to run the ball then – why didn't you need to run the ball at thirty-one fourteen with seven sixteen left? I, like it just—it do, doesn't make any right. sense, right? I mean, it, 
It does. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, 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 that was exactly my thought. Is like he's, he's just that's enough. And I agree with you. That if, if he, if Cook can play if that if you're right, and if Cook plays a reasonable game, this might be the last game Bazalak would have ever started for Missouri. It's not out of the question. And look, I'm I'm not trying to chase guys out or anything, but that's the column I'm going to write tonight. Is I know what the coach said. But as a football fan and knowing how football teams work, watching that game, I don't know how you reverse that move. I I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, you heard – look, Missouri fans were booing on the second offensive drive today. And I'm not saying you ever make a quarterback yeah, decision based on what the fans want. But all Brady Cook has ever done is everything you've asked him to do. I, I think he's earned the shot, right? And, and look, if he throws a pick yeah, with four minutes right. left to lose next week's game, okay, he just is. But um, I think he's at least earned the look. Yeah, and unbelievable that the announcer, my son and I were watching the game, and the announcer says, well, South Carolina's fumbled two or three times. Mizzou's not fumbled yet, and they both <laughs> yeah. said, oh, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to his credit, he did call himself out. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. I never believed in this, but <laughs> apparently it's real. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, he's like, and then, of course, I don't know, we, we were both sweating it out. But, hey, yeah. man, they, they shoved it down their throat again on that last drive. I mean, I know part of it's baby. Obviously, a lot of it is. But, again, the offensive line, they knew what was coming, and they couldn't stop it. So, anyway, enjoy the show. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate the call, man. Uh, glad to hear from you. And uh, let's move on. The, the uh, 618 area code is next. Hi, this is Keith. Gabe, how are you? Keith, I'm good, man. What's going on? Uh, I tell you, I call, I call every week, and I tell you, this is the best part of my uh, Mizzou day is listen to this program afterwards and, and get a chance to talk to you. I'm, I got to be honest, I'm starting to warm up to Steve Wilkes' defense a little bit, you know, for all the complaining I've done. Yeah, it looked a lot better today, without question, man. Um, I mean, this was, look, 250 and, you know, the, total yards. I'm one of those folks who called originally and was upset with um, – with, um, uh, Drinkwitz after the A and M game, for example, and you know, but I, I got to be honest, I, I, I sat pretty close to the the Missouri sideline today, and I watched him, and he doesn't have any of that sort of Scott Frost attitude about him, and that's what I like about Drinkwitz. I think he just, no matter how things are going, he doesn't have any. You don't see him, you know, make big gestures or roll his eyes or throw his clipboard or any of that crap. You know, okay. he seems a hundred percent Mizzou. So. You know, I'm, 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 I think I'm just going to learn to be patient. I did. I, now, I, I don't want to argue with you, Keith, but watching last week's game, I think I saw a couple bad words and pretty big gestures when his quarterbacks were coming off the field a couple yeah. times. And, and look, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about him. Just saying, hey, we all, we all get a little animated every now and then. But, but no, overall, I, I got to be, I got to be honest. I didn't watch last week much. I got to be honest. So. <laughs> okay, there you go, there you go. But but no, overall, um, you know, I think he did. I mean, this is this is how we evaluate coaches, right? Legitimately, with after the the Basilac interception, I, I'll tell you guys. I texted a couple people and I said, I don't think they're going to lose this game, but if they do, this is Drinkwitz's version of 2018 Kentucky. Like And after that game, I wrote, yeah. Barry Odom's not going to be fired, but these are the type of games that end up getting coaches fired, right? So, But th that narrative yeah. now never sees the light of day because 
hey, he did what, like, all that matters is that you score more than the other team. And he did enough to get his team to the finish line. Wasn't beautiful, but he got it done. And, and so he deserves credit for that. Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate the show, Gabe. Thank you. All right, Keith. I appreciate uh, appreciate you being a part of it, man. Thanks for calling in, and uh, and we'll talk to you again next week. Let's go back now to the six zero two area code. Who's there? Hey, Gabe. This is Mike in Phoenix. What's uh, up, Mike? How you doing, man? Hey, man. Good. Hey, I just wanted to say that you know, in a key moment like four minutes left in the game. You know, I don't know how you can take Connor Bazelak out of the game and think that he's going to be your guy moving forward. You know, just thinking yep. of if it wasn't Mizzou, if it was a, if it was another team, they took their quarterback out of. You know, if Patrick Mahomes was taken out of the game towards the end of the game last week, right. and they put somebody else in or something, I don't know how you can think that. You know, they can put some yeah. Connor Bazelak back in the game so, next so- week as a starter. I, I don't know how you. I just wanted to see what your thought was on that. How is how can they put him back in the game and think that he's going to have their trust? Yeah, ultimately, I agree with you. I, I that and that was my first reaction. Literally, when they made the switch, I texted Mitchell and I said, "That seems like a move you can't reverse." Now that said, earlier this year, um, Auburn, I, I think it was Jacksonville State, like they were really struggling with Jacksonville State. And Bo Nix got pulled at halftime, and I can't even remember the backup's name. But he went in, ended up making some miraculous play on fourth down and 15 to win the game by a point. And I thought, I I literally wrote the next day in my 10 thoughts on college football, I said, I think we've seen the last of Bo Nix as a starter. Bo Nix started the next game. Auburn's played really well, gotten in the top 25. Now they've lost a couple in a row, but like he got the job back. Um, You know, Caleb Williams replaced Spencer Rattler at one point. Rattler played some more today. So it is not impossible. But my first reaction was to agree with you is I don't – you basically just told the kid you don't trust him to win the game. I don't know how you go back to him. Yeah, and how do you – I guess from that standpoint – whether it's Basilac, I guess I'll take your opinion on it. Like if it's Basilac or whether it's Macon or whether, I mean, it's not going to be Macon, but you know, right. if, if it's, if it's regardless of who it is a quarterback, what are your expectations? What are your thoughts the next two weeks? Do you think, I mean, Florida looks like it's a winnable game. Yeah. Do you think if it's not six games and it's a disappointment, do you think that we should expect at least one win the next two weeks or, you know, what, where do you stand on that? Yeah. Expect is, like watching both teams to play play today yes i would think missouri should beat florida but expect is kind of a strong word florida still does have some talent uh florida looks like a team that is quick to me i mean samford had five six hundred yards of total offense uh it it was the most points an fcs team has ever scored against an fbs team um but the goal clearly is find a way to win one of the last two and obviously, that becomes yeah. a lot easier if you win the first one, right? It's like if you go to the free throw line with no time left oh, in a yeah. tie game and all you got to do is make one, well, if you make the first one, second one, second one's pretty easy. But if you win the if you don't make the first one, all of a sudden that second one got about 10 times harder. So uh, it, you want to win one. I said coming into today, clearly the goal was win two out of three. And I said there's no possible way that happens if they don't win today. 
They won today. They gave themselves a shot. Um, I don't know if I'd say yet I expect it. But, yeah, they've, they've got a shot. I mean, I'd say if you're like a statistical guy, it, you know, I mean, I'd give them a, a little better than a 50% chance to win next week, a little worse than a 50% chance to win the following week. So I guess it would come out to about a 25% chance that they'd make a bowl game. Yeah, I just yeah, I was just thinking, you know, you and Mitchell tend to have a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty even keel on that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. I was just wondering what you guys, or what, especially what you thought about, is, is six and six kind of what you think is going to happen, or whatever. If, anyway, yeah, if I, I was guys doing the post game show and everything, and, and you know, you, you, I love you guys stuff, so I appreciate you guys. Appreciate the call, Mike. Thanks a lot. And yeah, if I was betting, and I want to make it clear, I do not bet. The last game I bet on, Ron Dane played in, so like it's been a minute. If I was betting, I'd take six and six over five and seven or seven and five. Um, I think that's the most likely. But uh, you know, again, if you lose to Florida next week, that gets a whole lot harder. I mean, because Arkansas is the better team, and then you would be going in knowing we have to win this game, and it's not going to work. And um, so as Snoop says, yeah, Mitch explained that Eli said Cook was just in to ice the game and we could easily see Bazelak next week. I agree we could. That's what he said. But again, it didn't – like why not do that the drive before then? Because you actually, at 31-21, you need to run the ball far more than you do at 31-28. Because at 31-21, you can run the ball. And I'm going to go back through all this in my postgame column, which I'll write after this show is over. But at 31-21 with, let's say, I don't know, six minutes left, something like that, if you just run the ball three times and punt, you have either wasted 50 seconds and made South Carolina use two timeouts, or you have wasted two full minutes. And he didn't do it then. So I, I don't really believe that reason, if I'm being honest. Let's go back to the phone lines in the 303 area code. Who am I talking to? You're talking to Greg? Yay, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, pretty good, pretty good, man. Hey, I got a question for you. Um, So I've noticed that, obviously, everybody knows that Bazelak has regressed, uh, seems like, week by week ever since. Yeah. Um, I want to say the BC game, but at the same time, um. Do you think, because I mean, I'm sure these kids, these are kids, so I'm sure they're hearing all of this social chatter, not only from fans, but social media, with obviously Drinkwood's getting more of his guys in, and then you have this stud coming in, and Sam Horn is doing all this stuff in high school. In fact, it's high school, but it has a high upside of what people are saying he should be in college. Do you think that that's affecting him? And then what do you think about the future of next year. I know a lot of people are saying that after Beatty leaves, we're in trouble, but I'm actually pretty, um, I'm actually pretty optimistic that our the pieces that Drink is bringing in are actually going to do something next year, and it's going to be more of a spread it out type thing where we're going to be scoring in different ways by just handing the ball off 30 or 40 times to Beatty. Yeah, um, so I would say that. Uh, as far as Basilak goes and hearing stuff, look, I, I don't know what Connor, I, I don't know him personally very well. I don't know how he reacts to things. But I do know this. you, I've seen him physically be better than this. And I know he's hurt, but like 
before this week, there had to have been something. He didn't look to me like a guy that had very much confidence, right? Uh, hey, whoever's on the line, if I can ask you to, to kind of turn down whatever you're listening on, we're getting feedback from your line, and, and I'm going to have to let you go if, if I can't get you to turn it down. Um, but But he definitely looked like he – his confidence was shaken and there's a lot of it's mental. I I don't think there's any question. A lot of it is mental as far as next year. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of new guys coming in. Luther Burden's coming in. Mookie Cooper's a year older. Dominic Lovett's a year older. Maybe, you know, but it's all potential right now. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing on next year's team that we can point to and say, I know that's good, right? Tyler Beatty ain't going to be on next year's team. Um, you can't point to the quarterback and know it's good. You can't point to the wide receivers and know they're good. You can hope there can be potential, but until we see it, I, I think there are question marks about next year. Makes sense, Gabe. Thank you for thank you for the call and uh, All right, appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot for uh, for being a part of it. Let's go next to the six two zero area code. You still with me? Uh yeah. Who am I talking to? Hello. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, this is Bob. How you doing, Bob? I just had a few que- Yeah, I just had a few questions. Maybe in the press conference, did anybody ask uh, Eli? Eli in the I guess it was after they scored on the busted coverage to make it thirty-one twenty-one, and they we had everybody up for the onside kick, and we didn't have anybody like one, at least one guy back there to, to if they kicked it deep, so we could pick it up and bring it forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least it didn't look like it. it. Looked like everybody had to run back and cover it at the twelve. Right. Did anybody ask why that was why that was that way? You wouldn't at least have someone back there. Um. Uh, let me cover, see. Cover the kick. You know, they, they kicked kind of a line drive, and it got you know it wasn't an onside kick. They kicked the line drive, and it went back there. And it looked like our guys had to yeah. turn around and go back and cover it at the twelve. Right. Yeah. So, I, I'm reading through the. That, the post game thread right now. I don't see that Drinkwitz, and I'm I'm not on the post game press conference because I start this show immediately after. Oh. I don't see any that anybody specifically asked him about that. I will give you. I agree with you, Bob. There should have been one dude back deep. I I don't really understand why there wasn't at least a guy to like fair catch it or something. Um. So I agree. Yeah. I would have done that. I guess the explanation probably is, hey, we needed everybody up there in case we onside. And if they decided to kick it deep and do what they did, we felt pretty confident that Tyler Beatty, the fastest player on the field, would get back there and cover it, which he did. Now, I agree with you. Yeah. I probably would have had somebody get back there, but I'm assuming that would have been the explanation. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing, I mean, besides it being frustrating with you know, having a 17-point lead with seven, eight, nine minutes to go, and I started to relax, I guess that was a mistake. Right. Uh you know, and they came back and got within three, and I and I really felt like, especially when they brought Brady Cook out, I thought, well, they're not going to let him throw the ball, so it's on Beatty to win this game, and thank God he did it. But uh, it was scary as heck the last four or something minutes uh, to run the clock out, and then who who's the special teams coach? Is it that Eric? Link? Eric Link, yeah. Uh, I tell I tell you what, can we not find a guy that can catch a punt and return it? I mean, we either let the ball hit the ground. Or when we do catch it, we call for a fair catch. And I understand sometimes they're too close to it. But it seems like there's opportunities to catch the ball and run. And I don't know. I'm hoping next year, but they might not want to do that with Luther Burden but because of maybe getting hurt. But I can't believe we can't find someone on the team that can catch a punt and, and take off well, and run with it. We don't get any yardage there. Um, uh, 
it's just just frustrating that they either let the ball hit and then, you know, if it bounces, it kicks away where they, they, it rolls for another 10, 15 yards. And if they do catch us, it's usually a fair catch. So I, it's kind of frustrating that, uh, you know. Yeah, I would say a couple of a couple of the punts today were really short punts that nobody could get to. I mean, Boo Smith had a really nice return last week against Georgia, and you know, last year the problem was they kept fumbling the punts. That that really hasn't happened much this year. They've corrected that. Also, like Grant McInnes had a punt down down at the two yard line today. They hustled that field goal unit on the the field with no time left in the first first half and got a field goal. Um, Harrison Mevis is maybe the best kicker in the country. Like the special teams overall this year, like I would give them an A. They they've been excellent. I think. Yeah. Um, I I have absolutely. Yeah, I, I think Eric Link's yeah. done a better job than any coach on this staff. I uh, I do like yeah I like our kicker. He, he's for being a sophomore and even last year he was like money. I mean mm-hmm. you could almost guarantee even when the announcers would try to jinx him and say oh I had missed a field goal or whatever. I mean he's. Yeah, he's he's a heck of a lot better. I can't remember who our last kicker was, but it was like you had to hold your breath. Mm-hmm. You know, he could make a fifty yarder, then he could miss an extra point. Tucker point, McCann, you know, way yeah. left or, yep. Yeah, Tucker McCann was scary as heck. But this guy, I'm, I'm yeah, I don't worry about him at all. I mean, and you're right. When they ran on the field, I was a little concerned that, uh, of course, when Hay couldn't get it across the goal line, and I thought, oh great, here we go. So, mm-hmm. but they got out there and got set, did jump, and and uh, but that's just frustrating. And maybe they've gotten better this year, but. You know, we just don't have a guy that, and maybe Burden, I don't know, I would say maybe they'll be worried about him getting injured, but he, you know, he does a hell of a job in high school of taking punts back and kickoffs back. And, yeah. Uh, so maybe he could be the answer. But uh, I'm happy they won, and I'm glad at least we got shot at six wins. But I tell you what, I I didn't have a lot of confidence after they scored two touchdowns in about a little over two minutes. I thought, oh, God, I can't believe they're back with a three. Four, 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 four or something to go. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and I knew, like I say, when Cook came out, they probably weren't going to let him throw it, so it was all on Beatty, and thank God, thank God for Beatty. So. Yep, no question, Bob. Appreciate the call, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Bye. All right, let's go to the uh, 940 area code next. Who's with me there? Yeah, this is Ed, and I'm uh, up for the game and everything. A uh, couple comments. One, that kickoff that we wound up covering on the 12-yard line, there is absolutely no excuse for not having anybody back, even around the 20-yard line or so. Um, second, Michael Cox, I think he carried the ball three or four times. Yep. He needs to play more. He needs to, to alternate, not alternate, but you know, play occasionally. He always seems to do something positive. And he's a strong dude. Yeah, but here's the issue. Tyler Beatty had 39 touches for 231 yards. That's that's six yards per touch. I mean, every carry you're giving Michael Cox is one you're not giving Tyler Beatty. And now if there was a situation where Beatty was getting worn out and not playing as well at the end of games, I agree with you. But this dude never seems to get tired. He gets 35 touches every week, and he just keeps going. So I, I understand the desire, and I've written about it some, the desire to see another back, but I, it's kind of hard to argue that Tyler Beatty, if anything, he should get more touches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I get what you're saying, Ed, and Cox has made some nice plays, and yeah. maybe B.J. Harris is good, and maybe there's other guys, but, I mean, this team's best play every single snap is somehow get the ball to Tyler Beatty. Yeah, 
uh, until he just comes to the sideline and says, yo, man, I need a break. I can't do this for a couple of plays. Right. Um, yeah, and Mizzou, nobody's really talking about it, but Mizzou has a real real good chance to go forward and forward in the conference again. So that's not that's not too shabby considering uh, all the problems they've had. Yeah, they're two and four now. Let's get to three and four next week and we'll we'll see. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, look, yeah, six Arkansas and- is getting beat up. Yeah. Arkansas yeah. physically getting beat up at, at LSU. So last time I checked it was ten three LSU, but they're they're taking their lumps too physically. So okay, okay, yeah. Um, okay. Be, be interesting yeah. to see how it unfolds. I appreciate I, I the really call, Ed. The and I'll go. Okay. All right, yeah, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Let's go six three six area code. Who's there? Hey, it's Stephen again. What's up, Stephen? How's it, how's it going, man? Well, I was thinking um, what your game plan would be. What you think the game plan should be against Florida? Um, I haven't watched a lot of Florida. I assume that it would be Emory Jones. So even if we're able to get pressure like we did today, um, he's faster than the quarterback we face today. Mm-hmm. But it seems like at times he, you know, he he can throw better. I know he throws a lot of interceptions. So even though if you get pressure, he might be able. He's more athletic, and then at times he might be a better passer. So I'm curious on what you think, Mizzou's uh, what we could do next week to stop him. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think the first key against Florida is score virtually every time you touch the ball. Not because I think Florida's offense is great, but Samford threw for 416 yards and ran for 114 today. Samford had 530 yards of total offense against Florida. That defense is a train wreck. So you can let Emory Jones get some of his. Like, next week is a week you might have to go in and say, hey, we might have to win 42-38 or 48-45. Like, the offense is going to have to be good next week because every offense has been good against Florida. Um, I'm going to run through their recent games. They gave up 52 to Samford, 40 to South Carolina, 34 to Georgia, 49 to LSU. Shut out Vanderbilt. Good, Nice there. Back when they were still trying, they beat Kentucky 20-13 to and Tennessee 38-14. to But, I mean, their last four games, the best they've done is give up 34. You know, um, they're giving up, giving up 175 points in in four games. So that's like 44 a game. Um, you can score on Florida, and you're going to have to score on Florida because Emory Jones they do have they do have guys they they can get some stuff done on offense and and yeah Emory Jones is dangerous throwing the football. He threw six touchdowns today. He ran for 86 yards. He's a good quarterback. Um, but uh, to me, the game plan next week is force a couple turnovers and win a shootout. So, saying that, um, do you make the switch at quarterback? Um, thinking that if Connor starts, he's going to throw a five-yard pass here or there. Does Cook maybe get to start thinking he can still throw those passes, but then add that running, you know, in there knowing that, hey, we, we do need to score every time, and it can't just yeah. be Tyler Beatty every it's, single time, whether it's run or pass debating. Yeah, it's not opponent-specific to me. The whole question is, do you trust Connor Bazelak, and does Connor Bazelak believe in himself? I, I don't know. I don't know the answers to either of those questions. To me, today, the moves he made indicated to me he doesn't trust his quarterback. And his quarterback made a few plays that indicate to me he doesn't have much confidence in himself. I... 
I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. I I would start Brady Cook next week, honestly, um, based on the way the last six minutes went today. I would start him and I'd give him a look, and I would come out and do what you did in this game, which is be willing on one drive to call four trick plays, right, and be willing to take a deep shot to Mookie Cooper and do some of these things because I do think the play calling was different today. I I. I thought it was. I, I thought they tried things they haven't tried the last few weeks. Yeah, it's like play calling was definitely a little better at times. All right, thanks, Gabe. All right, Stephen, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for being a part of it, and thanks to all you guys. We've been uh, we've had a good solid hour of phone calls, and and the phone line is right now clear. And so, if you want to call in, please do um, five seven three two three four. Four nine three five. Want to take a minute here? Well, I've got a second to. Uh, well, never mind. We'll do that in a minute. Let's go back to the uh, phone lines. The two two nine area code. Who am I talking to? Hey, is this uh this is Aaron calling? Yeah, uh, what's up, Aaron? Am I on? You're Aaron? on, man. Okay, yeah. Uh, just over and under now. Um, once you're if you're a bed man, I'm not saying you are, but let's say <laughs> one point five years. Steve Wilkes taking over and under. One point five years from now. No, I mean or total. his stint, his stint with Missouri. So I'm saying, oh. you think he survived? Basically, I'm saying, is you think is he going to survive this year? Yeah, I think he comes and, back next year because I've always thought, I've always said I thought it was fifty fifty. He comes back next year, and that defense has played well two weeks in a row. They kind of look like they're figuring it out. Um, if they win one more, and, and now look, can that change if they give up sixty next week and fifty two to Arkansas? Sure, it could change. But as of now, yeah, I, I I would be surprised if he's not back next year. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've been critical of him. So, you know, but the thing is that I liked, he, he was able to realize that Blaze needed to switch from the middle to to the outside. He yeah. made some changes on the defensive line. Um, and, and, you know, looking back, even when, when the defenses were bad, it seemed like he was making adjustments. I, I don't yeah. know if maybe the other team was putting their foot off the pedal, but it seemed like <laughs> he was making some adjustments in the Kentucky game I was, uh, I'm thinking about. Yeah, well, and, so. and also, uh, I should have brought this up earlier, and, and I've written about this before. I don't know if I've mentioned it on this show, but I had a conversation with somebody uh, middle of fall camp, so two, three weeks before the season starts, and this person told me, they said, uh, we're probably going to struggle defensively to start. Like, especially, you know, I, I think they were a little more worried about the back end than they were about the defensive line. But they said at the beginning of the year, we, we might have some struggles. But I think you're going to look up in week six or seven and think, hey, this, this defense is a lot better than it was three weeks ago. Now, it took till week nine, right? It, it took a little longer. But we've seen that happen. And, and look, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and, and right now we're all going through the same thing, right? Like, oh, my God, this is the worst defense I've ever seen. Oh, my God, it's still a really bad defense. Hey, these, these guys look like maybe they're getting better. And teams do get – coaching is about getting better throughout the year, and this defense has gotten better. Now, look, they've got to continue it. Um, I understand why everybody's scarred from Tennessee and scarred from Kentucky and – and even North Texas, I get it, but they have gotten better. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm encouraged by that. Um, as far as, uh, I'm sorry, are you still there? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still here. 404 area code. We'll get to you in a minute. I need you to hang on, though. Go ahead, Aaron. Okay. 
Yeah, I wanted to talk about Mookie Cooper. I, you know, I was real impressed. He showed some burst on that. On that, I know it was broken coverage, but mm-hmm. I got, you know, I don't know whether to blame Mookie Cooper for not getting open often. You know, um, as far as not getting targeted more, or you know, right now I'm thinking maybe it's the quarterback. You know, yeah. I mean, just not seeing the field, and I can't really be critical of of anybody on the wide receiver core because I don't know if it's them not getting open or just. Basically, it doesn't seem like he sees the field that well. Yeah, without access to like the All-22 film, we don't really know, right? But I, I think it's a combination right. of things. Cooper wasn't healthy a lot of the year. I, I'm not sure they were putting him in the best positions and knew exactly how to use him. He was doing a lot of screens and jet sweeps and stuff and, and not much downfield. He started to do a little more of that lately. So had three catches for 72 yards, got in the end zone for the first time. Kid deserves credit for, you know, he hadn't played a football game in three years and sticking with it. So he's a guy that, that I'm interested to see next year with a full off season if he can stay healthy how much better a player he is next year than he than he was this year. Okay, well, I appreciate And Boo Smith, I agree with you. I, I don't know what he has to do with you on the field. So I don't I, either, man. I, I don't either. I don't even have anything to say about it. It's bizarre. Aaron, I appreciate it, man. Let's go next to the 404 area code. Who's there from the 404? Hey, James. Uh, you here? Yeah, I got you. Who am I talking to? All right, speaking of Allen, man, we're down here in the south, you know, we following Mizzou because of their, our, our local guy, Cox, is out there with you. But yep. uh, two things your caller called in earlier said. One, uh, I do want to congratulate the defense for, for being better uh, for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they just got tired of just getting embarrassed and they're just balling a little harder or whatever Right. Uh, from a, you know, an effort standpoint. So I want to give it to them. Uh, two, going into the, the, the debate of the, of the night for me with Basilac, um I think it was self uh, what you call it, self-preservation yep. for Coach Drink. I think that his his if he would have lost that game, it would have been very, very bad on him. Oh, yeah, it no question. It would have been very, very bad, and I think he didn't have a choice. I think he knew. Yeah, it, I think he thought if uh, you know he got in there one more time and threw another pick, they were going to lose that game, and it would have been his fault. And I think he made a, a, a gut decision that he didn't have a choice to make. And to be honest with you, I think he should ride that out for the rest of the season uh, because he's trying to get into a bowl game. I think that's important. And uh, in regarding Beatty, you know, shout out to him and, and everything he's done with the program, but. The season is gone at this point besides the bowl game, and you got to look at next year, and that's my point about Basilac as far as getting uh, Cook or uh, Macon, getting them these these last two games is important that they get that in there, and that's the same going with Cox and uh, and Elijah. So that's why I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I understand that point of view, and fans – uh, oftentimes, you know, when you go, well, hey, nine games out the window or whatever, our goals before the year were out the window. Well, we got to start preparing for next year. I'm just going to tell you, coaches never think that way, man. Because the thing is, in college football, it's not about, like, there's no reward for not winning, right? You don't get a high, if, if you finish five and seven, you don't get a higher draft pick than if you finish six and six. There's no such thing. So his goal every year is, look, I got to win as many games as I can. And I know you said, like, other than the bowl game, there's nothing left. But that's a big deal because you get, you know, a couple weeks of practice and, and all that. And I, 
is it important to play in games? Yes, it's absolutely important to play in games. But for guys like Michael Cox, for guys like Elijah Young, for some of these other guys, there should theoretically be more improvement in two weeks of bowl practice and four weeks of spring football and four weeks of fall camp and a, a summer of conditioning and all that than there would be by getting 10 snaps in a game. And I understand everybody wants to play in the game, and, and I'm not saying that shouldn't happen. But, you know, um, again... I've got a hard time arguing that Missouri should do anything with the ball other than hand it to Tyler Beatty or throw it to Tyler Beatty the way he's been playing lately. I, You'd like to get more guys' experience. I think the time to do that, it wasn't today, it wasn't next week or against Arkansas. The time to do it was Tennessee and A&M when these games were over, and I don't really know why he didn't do it then. Well, and that being the case, Georgia, for that matter. Uh, yes. But yes. for me, it wasn't even uh, no, more so that, you know, of course they need game experience. There's no experience like game experience. Right. So that's my main thing on that. But when I say this year, I think the change at quarterback needs to happen this year to try to get that bowl game. Yep. I don't think they're going to win if he puts Basil right back out there. It's a fair I, take. I think that's fair why take. he took him out. And if he's if, if we're concerned about this year, which we are, like you're saying, if you want to make the best out of this year, you just got to call the spade a spade and make that change. Because I think if he doesn't do it, uh, you know, I, 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 let me just talk positive. I think that's what needs to be done, <laughs> and I'll just let it go at that. No, that's fair, Alan. Uh, look, I'm I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, man. No question. Appreciate appreciate the call, and thanks for being a part of the show. Let's go next to the six three six area code. You with me? Yeah, is that me, Garrett? 636, who am I talking to? Yeah, this is John. What's up, John? How you doing, man? Good, how are you? Hanging in, hanging in. I I enjoy listening to the show. I don't, uh, unless I'm driving back from the game, I don't get a chance to listen all that much, but I do enjoy the post-game drink, so thanks for doing this. Absolutely. I have two questions. Number one, I feel like a... I don't know, I guess maybe a, a bad fan or maybe just a fan that gives up. But after the Kentucky game and they blocked that uh, that kick and then they didn't end up winning the game, I was like, well, we don't have the guys to compete with a team like Kentucky because Mark Stoops is doing a good job. But maybe we'll get them at, in Boston College. And then they lost Boston College, and I didn't really feel like we should have lost that game. But then when we did, I said, well, maybe we don't have the horses to win that game either. Let's just pack it in and – and we'll get them next year. And now here I am sitting sitting here hopeful that we can compete with Florida, which I didn't think that we would be able to do that. Am I just a glutton for punishment, getting my hopes up for the rest of the season that we can win a bowl game? No, I mean, look, you're a fan, man. That's that's what fans do, right? I, it, it, when it, the, the emotional roller coaster that a sports fan lives on is absolutely exhausting, right? Because – after after two drives in this game, you had gone from, oh my God, he's starting Connor. I'm not saying you. I'm saying in general, he's starting Connor Bazelak. We're never going to win another game. What's he doing? He's an idiot. Oh my God. Then the defense starts with an interception. It's like, hey, I feel okay, great. And then Bazelak gives it right back. Well, this is trash. I give up. What are we doing? And, and then you know, it's just the pendulum that fans live on, and you always like. A fan is always looking for a reason to be optimistic, right? And so you constantly are moving the goalposts. You started this season going, hey, I love this guy and everything's great and whatever 
win total. You thought, you knew, hey, if everything goes right, we can be 9-3. and three. And then they lost to Kentucky and BC, and you knew that was out the window, and you're going, okay, but like I still think we can win 7 or 8, and then, okay, maybe, maybe that's out the window, but I still think we can get to a bowl game. And, I mean, that's it's what we do, man. You're not any different than any other fan. Okay, well, well, that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> now, my question, my question about, my question about, uh, are you still there? Yeah, I got you. Sorry, I got a uh, three-month-old at home, and I think we just put on her uh, owlette sock. Okay. But uh, <laughs> my uh, my question about this game, and to be honest, I wasn't paying that close of attention about the. The, I, I was listening to Mike Kelly, and I, I realized that we changed quarterbacks, but it was really listening to this game with what got me thinking about it. If all you were going to do was put in Brady Cook to run the ball however many times they did that, why didn't they just leave Ty, uh, Connor Bazelak in to do that? And and I'll hang up and listen. I appreciate it. Like I said, I enjoy listening to the post-game drink and uh, – I, uh, I appreciate you taking my call. All right, appreciate it, John. Thanks for thanks for being a part of the show. And, uh, I mean, the reason he took Basilak out, he said, was because he thought he would need the quarterback to be a part of the run game. And, look, the quarterback obviously wasn't going to run. Connor Basilak hadn't run all year. So that part does make sense. But, again, what doesn't make sense is, then why didn't you do it the drive before? Why did it take him throwing an interception to decide you needed a quarterback to run the ball? That's the part of it that I think, like, I get. Look, coaches don't tell us the truth all the time. And and I understand why he said what he said. I just don't really believe it. I mean, that's where I'm at, and that's what I'm going to write later on tonight. Let's go to the 417 area code. Who's there? Hey, Gabe, it's Stuart Thompson in Springfield, Missouri. There you go, Stuart. What's going on, man? Uh, just living large after a, uh, a great win. I've got a couple comments, and then I've got a question, and then I'll, I'll hang up because the show's a lot better with you than it's just me. But <laughs> this defense, where did it come from? I mean, yep. late is better than never, but wow. Yep. Eli Zoo back, stuffing the run and creating havoc. It's it's fantastic to watch. It's it, it's a lot of fun watching our defense on the field for the you know, for the last two games, even against Georgia. I mean you, you saw something and, and it wasn't a bloodbath that we thought it was gonna be in a in a big win today and, and I love it. The uh the second is Tyler Baby. You know, I obviously he's everything to this team. And I always catch myself in late third, fourth quarter saying to myself, well, he's no Henry Josie. He's not Russell Hansborough. He's not, you know, we need that that, that run. And, and he delivers. Mm-hmm. And every single win, he's delivered that run at the end of the game. And it's, it's it, this is why we are all, you know, are part of Power Mizzou and why we love this team is when, you know, we're able to, to watch these guys carry on these traditions that, uh, Coach Payton started, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully, uh, Drake will carry on. But here's my question. All last week, you know, you're like, you know, hey, Connor Bazelak, he's, he's the best option. He's he, he's the best chance of winning. And, and I trust you, and I believe in you, and I'm not trying to disrespect you, but from what I'm hearing, I mean, you totally 
you know, flip the coin and yeah. go on the other direction. Is the the question is, is is it because of the performance or are you feeling the tide? I mean, talk to me it, through this, and I'll hang up. Much love, much respect. I appreciate you, Gabe. Love the show. Great win for the zoo. All right, Stuart, I appreciate it. Um, so look, here's why I'm changing my tune. It's not because of anything I've been told. I mean, I haven't talked to anybody at Missouri since this game, right? It's twofold. Number one, the like doing the same thing on Thursday that you did on Tuesday, despite what happened on Wednesday, like that's just stupid. If if you see evidence to change your behavior, you change your behavior. I saw evidence today to tell me that I'm not sure Connor Bazelak is the right guy going forward. Also, Eli Drinkwitz made the switch with four and a half minutes left. That tells me he doesn't know if Connor Bazelak's the right guy. That's another reason I'm I'm, I'm kind of changing my tune here. So let's jump to the 573 area code. Who's on the phone there? Hey, Gabe. It's Tim. How you doing? What's up, Tim? How are you, man? Hey, look, uh, I, I understand the base rag you're on, but let me ask you to think about this. Like, if Coop doesn't make that fumble, we're not really having this base conversation. So, uh, secondly, let's talk about coaching. You know, we we can write and chat about all we want to, but I, I, I saw good coaching today from the Mizzou sidelines. I didn't see any bad calls on defense or offense. I thought, well, special teams, that was a, you know, that was kind of a quirk, but you know the coaches—they've—they've they've developed, and uh, I'm going to give them a shot. I'm, I'm going to go. Hey, we 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 do our best with Bays at quarterback. We do our best with our defense uh, realigned. It's that secondary I'm worried about with Florida putting up 70, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think I'm good. What, what about you? It, it's a fair point about the Mookie Cooper fumble, and somebody else pointed out, and you're right. That's what actually flipped the game. Now, again, I, I mean, it doesn't change what happened in the last six minutes in Basilak's responsibility, but yes, that play, absolutely. If he just hangs on to the ball, it's probably 34-14, and, and we don't have this discussion. So that is a fair point. I, I'll give you that. Um, overall, um, again, this is kind of, I, I was saying to an earlier caller, the line is so thin between he coached well and he coached poorly. If Missouri fails to pick, they were in second and 14. Brady Cook ran for 11 yards to make it third and three. Let's say Brady Cook only picks up three yards or gets sacked there and it's third and 27 or whatever, and Missouri punts the ball away. And South Carolina ends up driving and winning the game 35-31. Like, we are killing Drinkwitz. All that changed is one play, right? And and so that's how, how thin the line is. Now, the one play that I questioned was on the Basilac interception. I don't really know why you're throwing there. Just run. Keep the clock running. Punt the ball away. Um, you've only had one fumble all year. You're probably not fumbling the ball, especially if you hand it to Beatty or just have Brady Cook, or, or I guess it was Basilac at that point. But if you just run and waste 40 more seconds, like you're forcing them to do everything perfectly to come back and beat you. Now, yes, your quarterback can't throw that pick, but I also think you shouldn't put your quarterback in position to throw that pick. But we're nitpicking here. He won the game. He's obviously kept the team engaged. I'm not trying to say he's doing a bad job, but look, this is why we have two-hour post-game shows every week is because we nitpick every little thing, right? Well, we, we, we do, but, but uh, you know, 
really coaching today, I thought developed as much as the players did. So that you got to give the team and the team includes the coaches and the players. You, you got to say, Hey, okay, well, let's give them a break. Yeah, fair, fair. I mean, they, they, they won the game and that that's got to count for something, right? The, the, the grade can't be worse than a C cause they won the game. You're right. Great right. show. Keep it up. Tim, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Let's go uh, back to the 417 area code. Who's there? Hey, Gabe. It's Bryce. What's up, Bryce? Uh, just following up that phone call there, you know, and maybe it wasn't coaching, maybe it was execution, but the end of the first half was almost an unmitigated disaster. Um, that third down play call where we throw the ball, which is fine, but on that, you got to throw it into the end zone where it's either incomplete or a touchdown. Throwing yeah. it short of the goal line and not getting in. I mean, if we if, thank God the sticker kicker's fast running out there because that doesn't go yeah. if that goes poorly that goes very now, poorly. Now now let's let's do give him a little bit of credit because they called the timeout after second down. The way that was handled, I've got to believe what was said in that timeout is okay. Special teams, get over here. Here's what we're doing. If he doesn't get in the end zone, all your asses need to be up on this sideline and you immediately sprint out and get lined up. So, like, the players all deserve credit for getting out there and getting it executed, but clearly that had been communicated to them in the play in the timeout beforehand. Yeah, I, I, I mean, top two, top two for getting out there, but the third third down was ugly. You know, I mean, you've got to throw that to the end zone. You can't. Or... If you're going to do something that stays in the field of play, why not just hand the ball to Tyler Beatty? Yeah, agreed. I I was a little confused by that. I mean, all in all, I thought coaching was fine today, but that was that was crazy. And then one more comment. I mean, you know, going into the game, wasn't really sure what to think. Um, but two drives into the game, I was more scared with the offense on the field than the defense. And, man, after the Tennessee game, I never thought I'd say that this year, but – I'll hang up and listen. That's my thoughts. Yeah, 100% agree, Bryce. I mean, this this defense, the 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 flip has been uh it, it's been unforeseen. And I do not want to say it's complete. It is possible that Florida hangs 60 next week, right? I mean, South Carolina is not a great offensive football team. In fact, they're pretty bad. Vanderbilt is pretty bad. Georgia for all the credit that Missouri got had 502 yards and 43 points. So it wasn't like that was a juggernaut defensive performance. The defense does look better though. Um, you know, and, and that shouldn't be ignored and I'm not trying to minimize it. Um, I, I don't want to come off as, as doing that, but I also want to be a little bit careful about how many roses we're throwing these guys, you know, um, after they still did give up 43 points last week. They're still probably going to be ranked overall in the 120s and scoring and in, in, in total defense and all that. So it's not all fixed, but there are reasons to feel better after the last couple weeks. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, next week is big. Um, next week suddenly is a game that Florida's going to come in here 5-5. Five and five. Two and four in the SEC, or two and five in the SEC. Missouri's five and five, I think. Two and four. Um, yeah, they got two SEC games left. Two and four. So you know these two teams are like they're right there. Similar results. Uh, now Florida has shown they've got a thirty-one twenty-nine loss to Alabama. They dominated Tennessee. They hung with Kentucky. You know they lost to LSU, um, but. That was all a month ago. Um, that's not the Florida team that's coming in here next week. 
Missouri is playing better. Um, that Florida game is that's going to go a long way. And now, look, if you lose that game, I still think you can beat Arkansas. I don't think that's off the table um, by any means. But obviously, the Arkansas game gets a lot easier if you have the Florida win in your pocket. And if Eli Drinkwitz can get this team to rally and win these last three, I, I will, I will write him a verbal bouquet. Um, after that Arkansas game on the job he has done. No question. To get to get this team to seven and five now would be crazy. Um, to get them to six and six would be saving something, but I'm not gonna go overboard. Seven and five, you win the last last three. That'd that'd be we're getting into a whole nother level there, and then people would get out of control with expectations for next season. But um Overall today, look, the, the quarterback stuff kind of did dominate as as I thought it would, but also, hey, improved defense. Tyler Beatty's a stud. Offensive line deserves credit, um, you know, and Missouri did enough. It wasn't easy, but they did enough. So um, that's, that's a good thing. Um, want to thank all you guys that have been here for the entire show. Apologize for hitting the mute button a couple times when I shouldn't have. Again, I'm a one-man crew here. Sometimes I screw up, uh, but appreciate you guys for sticking with me uh, through those difficulties. And we'll offer, I mean, we're going to wrap it up here in the next couple minutes, but if you want to call 573-234-4935, our pledge to you is always that we'll hang out here as long as you want to talk. So if we've got, uh, if, if you want to call, get it, uh, get it done soon while I'm wrapping up here, um, but certainly will not cut you off if if you do have something else to say that hasn't been said about this game. Um, but I appreciate all you guys that were here. Hit the like button while you're here. Subscribe to the channel. We do shows every day except Sunday um, and uh, do different things throughout the week, seven shows over six days, and we um, appreciate all you guys that, that take part in all of them. We also appreciate our partners that make it possible, this one in particular from Boulevard Brewing Company, uh, whether it's the beer you like, which is certainly what they're known for, whether it's the Quark Seltzers or the Fling Cocktails, all kinds of different offerings. Hey, guys, it's only 8 o'clock. Late game's probably about to hit halftime. I got more writing to do. You guys, hey, Pop open a Boulevard product uh, and watch the late games here in college football while you do so. Um, appreciate you hanging out here with us on the Boulevard post-game drink. Pocket Watch, appreciate you hanging out over here, man. I know it was a it was a rough day for your first team, but appreciate you uh, adopting a second team and, uh, and maybe being able to pick up a W on this day. So uh, appreciate everybody who was a part of this show. Mitchell Forty is going to have a lot more coming on Power Mizzou. I'm actually I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write a post game column and and some post game thoughts here. So I got another couple hours of writing to do after we sign off here. Uh, and hey, we got somebody in just under the wire. The six three six area code, man. You you just beat the bell. What's going on? Thanks, Gabe. This is John again. What's up, John? Um, First off, I want to shout out Dr. Tiger Tooth because I got to take a picture with his little brother after the game. Okay. Um, but my question to you is about Sam Horn, and maybe uh, somebody's asked this already, but if Drink really does open up the uh, the quarterback position to a uh, a true quarterback competition to, to pick a new quarterback coming in, does he have a shot of winning? Because I, I assume he's probably going to play baseball 
at uh, at his high school. Correct. But does I mean, does he have a shot of winning it in fall camp, or are we probably looking at one of these three guys on the roster right now uh, taking the first snap next year? He's going to get a shot now. I think it would be really difficult to come in and I mean he'll be here in June it, it won't be August he'll come in in June for the entire summer and all that so I, I think he'd have a shot um I think the staff would love to see him come in and, and be the best quarterback on campus and win the job it's not going to be easy I wouldn't predict it but yeah, I, they'll, they'll give him a look, and if, if he comes in and, and proves he's the best guy, I don't think they'll hesitate to put him out there next year. All right, well, that gives me some hope. Last, <laughs> last question, what's your uh, – I'm going to put you under the gun here. Okay. What's your What's your guess with two two games left to play? What's the, what's the record that the team ends the regular season with? I, I'd say they'll win one and lose one. Um, I, I think they'll end up six and six. Go to uh, I don't know whatever bowl game that would get them. I'm not even sure which one. I'd say it's more likely they beat Florida and lose to Arkansas, um, because I think Arkansas is gonna gonna kind of have some. They're really gonna be waiting for that game. But uh, I'd say beat Florida, lose to Arkansas, end up six and six would be my best guess. Four weeks ago, I would have uh, paid a decent amount of money for six and six, so I'll take it. Perfect. Thanks, Dave. Have a good night, John. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, and uh, and thanks to all you guys that, that called and uh, and were part of the show. Again, this show is it. It's about what you guys want to talk about. This is uh, we pivoted to this last year, and it's much better when it's much better to have you guys getting to talk about what you want to talk about, ask what you want to ask about than it is us just kind of deciding what we think you should want to hear. Right. So appreciate everybody that, that made the show uh, really active tonight. I mean, we were, we went over an hour and a half and it was nonstop phone calls. That's, that's what we like. Uh, me just sitting here making stuff up and blowing hot air doesn't do anybody any good. So, um, Appreciate everybody that called, everybody that was in the comments. And I know that, that we didn't necessarily get a lot of the comments on the screen because we're busy with with phone calls and all that. But I always like you guys having a chat going on on the side there and and uh, certainly see a lot of the same names week in and week out. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, appreciate one more time Boulevard for being a part of it. So go on over to Power Mizzou. Check out Mitch's coverage and my coverage coming forward the rest of the night. And we will be back on Monday with the weekend recap. But plenty of stuff tonight and all day tomorrow on the site. Um, only thing I know, it's going to be done by 720 because I got more football to watch on Sunday night. So thanks for hanging out, guys. Uh, we will talk to you later. Signing off here on the Boulevard Brewing Company post-game drink.